Yo, what up? Welcome to yet another episode of the Level Up with Leon podcast. My name is Leon, and I hope you had a wonderful weekend. It feels like things are on their way to cooling all the way down for the upcoming winter here in Minnesota. For me, that means it's grind time. During winter in Minnesota, in my opinion, the best thing that you can do is make money and relax indoors because there isn't much else to do. But I'm also excited to keep things going with the podcast. By the way, a quick reminder, I don't run any ads on this podcast, so if you enjoy it today and think someone else close to you can benefit from it as well, please send it over. Every click, every download counts, so thank you so much for your help. Now let's get into what today's episode is all about. All right, so today's episode is all about the squat. The squat is the most productive movement you can possibly perform in the gym. It engages the greatest amount of muscle mass through the furthest range of motion while allowing for extremely heavy weights to be lifted. The squat not only builds physical strength like no other exercise, but also enhances mental fortitude. Volunteering to place a bone-crushingly heavy load on your back, freeing it from the safety of the rack, stepping back with the weight, consciously sitting down with the feeble hope of being able to stand up again, and then doing that another four times for a set of five without quitting takes bravery. However, while the squat holds its well-earned merit as a physically and psychologically productive endeavor, it is not without controversy. From the classic, quote, squats are bad for your knees, end quote, argument, to squats being regarded as flat-out dangerous and everything in between, opinions vary, but the facts don't. The only danger associated with squatting is what happens if you don't squat, which is that you will be weaker and more fragile than if you did squat, especially if you squatted deep. So if you love the squat or are looking for reasons to squat, this is the episode for you. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. All right, so the first thing that I wanted to talk about was just my own experience with the squat. So being a tall person, just above six feet, squatting has always been rather challenging for me. It's been a difficult movement to master. I still haven't mastered it, but I am working on mastering it. My technique, even when it's correct, looks like it isn't due to my height. It just appears more awkward and less graceful than a shorter person's squat. Nonetheless, I've been squatting for years because I care less about my subjective experience with the movement and more about getting stronger and building bigger muscles. Don't get me wrong though, I love the squat. I love it because when performed correctly, it fits like a glove. Rarely is there a feeling like nailing a personal record with smooth technique during a squat. Intimate relations with a woman, for example, may come close, but they don't quite compare to the feeling of not being crushed by a barbell that I somehow decided to take for a ride that day for a set of five, three, or one. Now, I've been squatting for almost five years on and off, but I I haven't been as concerned with squatting correctly as I have been during the last year of my training. This is mainly because my training was much more hypertrophy-focused than strength-focused. Hypertrophy training prioritizes fewer of the big lifts, such as the squat and deadlift, and emphasizes isolation and multi-joint movements like bicep curls and barbell rows. This approach allows for more volume with, with less fatigue and more time under tension for the target muscles that you want to grow. When I got into fitness, my goal was to improve my physique because at the start, I was overweight and out of shape. So I aimed to build muscles to support the fat loss I was striving for. So I didn't go from being overweight to skinny fat, meaning skinny with no muscular definition. 
I became obsessed with learning all about hypertrophy to optimize this process. I didn't really care about strength for a majority of my training thus far. It's not that I had anything against it, but I didn't quite understand the value of strength, so it wasn't as important to me as how I looked. Okay, because you can be pretty jacked without being very strong. So several years of my training, starting from the the beginning, I didn't really worry about strength that much because I was able to grow my muscles without really setting a ton of crazy strength PRs. Then about a couple of years ago, I opened up Mark Ripito's starting strength book for the first time. It's funny because I had the book saved in my Kindle wishlist for the longest time, but the cover didn't look very enticing, so I kept passing it over. However, one day, I decided to give it a try probably because I was looking for something to improve my deadlift, which I felt was weaker than it should be. So I started the book and dove headfirst into the rabbit hole of strength, loving every second of it. I absolutely admired the incredible amount of detail and proficiency that went into the way the people at Starting Strength coached the big lifts, especially the squat. According to the book and from watching numerous coaching videos, the squat is demonstrated to be the most technically complicated and individualized movement in the gym due to all the moving parts and the requirement to consciously keep them all together during a heavy set. It's like trying to keep a Jenga tower intact under hundreds of pounds. Truly impressive stuff. The squat variation I learned the most about from them was the low bar squat, which is used to lift the most weight possible due to the emphasis on hip musculature during the movement. The hip drive, as Mark Ribiteau says, is the key to lifting big weights during a squat. When you're squatting, you're not just, quote, doing legs, as he would say. The squat is a full body movement. The process of learning got me incredibly engaged, and I wanted to apply my learning as soon as possible. To expedite this process, I coached as many people as I could on the starting strength method for all the big lifts, all while including these lifts in my own training. To further develop my skills, I ended up hiring a coach from the starting strength institution to help me with my technique, so I could learn from him and better serve my clients. Under his coaching, I increased my squat from 250 pounds for five reps to 350 pounds for singles in just a few months. Shout out Chase Lindley from Starting Strength. Absolute monster, great coach. This process opened my eyes immensely to what it's like to lift really big weights and how that affects me mentally and physically. As I increased the weight on all my big lifts, I swear there are a few feelings that compare. I started to feel like everything around me in my daily life became lighter and lighter. I was more physically capable than ever before, both for myself and for others. I'll never forget that training phase and the way it revolutionized my philosophies on training. Nowadays, I am a huge proponent of prioritizing strength in your training, especially as a beginner. Strength has the most carryover to everything that you do in life, whether it's athletic or non-athletic. Having big muscles is great, but if you can't put them to use, you might as well just be an action figure instead of a real person who can do what they appear to be able to do but that's just my opinion. Strength, for me, has not only improved my force production, but also my character, discipline, and bravery. Strength will always be something I strive to improve from now on, along with increasing muscle mass. So what's your relationship with the squad? Do you love it or hate it? Or is it a love-hate relationship? The squat can be something that requires a ton of trial and error to get down right, but once you do, it can be so satisfying. If you need help with your squat technique, I'd be happy to help. 
Hit me up on Instagram at levelupwithleon to access my free form check program attached to the top of my profile and I'll help you for free. Thank you for listening so far and let's get back to the episode. All right, so the second part is going to be all about the high bar versus the low bar squat and which one is right for you. This question is probably one of, if not the most popular questions about the squat when it comes to how to include it in your program. I'll start with why you should high bar squat and then get into the low bar squat. So the high bar squat is mostly referred to when you're talking about either hypertrophy or Olympic lifting. For hypertrophy, the reason is that due to the bar being higher on your back than in a low bar squat, this forces you to maintain a more upright position to move the bar in a straight line over the midfoot. This naturally puts more stress on your quads and glutes and less on your hips to lift the weight. Bodybuilders prefer this style because it's great for quad growth and you can achieve a lot of growth from lighter weights. Also, the high bar squat can certainly be used for strength training as well. The high bar squat is easier to learn at first compared to the low bar squat, making it something I recommend beginners learn as their first style of squat to understand how a squat works on their own without coaching. Olympic lifters prefer the high bar squat because, for them, the squat is meant to strengthen and perfect the bottom position of a clean or a snatch. It's basically an accessory movement to those lifts. For Olympic lifters, technique is held at the most important characteristic of their training. They mainly perform Olympic lifts and accessories to help them, not much else. If you are an Olympic lifter, I highly recommend training high bar over low bar as it is much more specific to Olympic lifting than the low bar squat. The pros of the high bar squat are that it's great for hypertrophy, suitable for beginners, and a fantastic accessory for Olympic lifters. It's also more accessible for people with shoulder mobility issues. The cons are you might not be able to lift as much weight as with the low bar squat, and if you have bad knees, the high bar squat can be more aggravating. Not dangerous, not life-threatening, just more aggravating. Poor ankle mobility can make high bar squats difficult as well, but there are ways to fix this. Now the low bar squat. The low bar squat is meant for developing raw strength because of the way it is executed. By placing the bar on the spine of the scapula a little bit lower than your traps for the high bar, this changes the mechanics of the lift entirely. You will no longer be able to stay as upright as with the high bar squat without seriously compromising technique. For the low bar squat, you will have to lean over during the descent, reach back with your hips, and open up your knees. This allows for a massive stretch reflex at the bottom of the squat, resulting in the muscles in your hips contracting hard under stretch tension, then rebounding back up to the standing position. Because of this use of your hips and the fact that the muscles in your hips are so large and robust, you can lift a lot more weight this way than you can with just your quads, as with squatting high bar. The low bar squat is most common in strength training and powerlifting camps because of its ability to allow the lifter to lift more weight. The pros of the low bar squat are, if performed correctly, it can be easier on your knees than the high bar squat. You can lift more weight, and many clients have stated that when adjusted to it, it feels like the most natural way to squat. The cons are, it's more difficult to learn and execute properly compared to the high bar squat. It can be tough on your shoulders and elbows if you aren't careful with your grip placement, and you'll have less quad development and less hypertrophy because low bar squats don't really feel like they make sense beyond sets of five but that's more my opinion. Understand that selecting either of these squats isn't necessarily right or wrong, but over time, 
I highly recommend getting good at both of them so you can have a well-balanced physique. So what's your favorite way to squat, high bar or low bar? Hit me up on Instagram at levelupwithleon and let's chat about it. I would love to hear your story. I think both squats have their purpose and should be appreciated. When I first got into starting strength, I was definitely more anti-high bar, but over time, as I got more educated, I realized both have their place. Make both strong and you'll be better than if you just focus on one variation forever. Thank you again for listening. Now let's get into the last part of this episode. All right, so it's time to clear up some misconceptions and myths on the squat, all right? So, oh, shit, here we go. I'm just going to start out by saying this. Most people who promote myths like, quote, squats are dangerous, particularly deep squats, and claim that they are bad for your knees, either A, don't have a very strong squat, or B, don't know how to squat correctly, and they don't care to. What if I told you that squats are actually so good for the knees that I've actually fixed my knee pain before from squatting? Yes, actually. Now, can you receive pain from squatting? Yes, you can, primarily if done correctly, which is a key thing to understand. Executing a certain variation of technique that causes unnecessarily high levels of stress to be concentrated in the knee joint and its surrounding tendons and ligaments, but if done correctly through a full range of motion, squats strengthen the knees just as much as they do the rest of your body. I have experienced knee pain when performing incorrect squat technique myself, but it's not the kind of pain that is debilitating or life-altering. It's just my knee yelling at me sometimes when I squat like crap. That doesn't mean the squat is inherently bad for my knees. It means that shitty squats can be. Speaking of which, let's talk about the shittiest squats out there, partial squats. Partial squats have been an absolute plague on the fitness industry, so much so that I see one deep squat out of every 10 partials every time I walk into a gym. It's borderline depressing how many people can't squat. They take the bar out of the rack and sort of wobble up and down with it for a while and then put it back, thinking they actually did anything. Now, ego lifters love partial squats because you can lift more than with full squats. This is simply because the range of motion is shorter, and thus the body doesn't have a chance to expose its weak points like a deep squat can. Exposing these weak points is necessary because the results of training these areas make them stronger and provide a more robust strength stimulus than giving yourself 25% of that for partial squats just to save 100% of your ego. I will say though, I don't think partial squats are only for ego lifters. I think many people just don't know any better. And so they do what they think is safe and feels okay. But what they don't realize is that partial squats are actually harder on your tendons, joints, and ligaments than full squats because of the unnatural movement occurring with heavier weight than you can actually lift. This leads to, as mentioned earlier, tremendous unnecessary stress on the knees. If you don't squat deep, you don't ever take the pressure off the knee joint like you do during a deep squat by loading the hips. Instead, you just continuously bend your knees under a heavy load, which is actually worse for your knees. A big reason why partial squats exist so predominantly is because of a lack of immediate information and even more saddening, a massive amount of incompetent coaching. Coaches need to make a living. Fair enough, right? But sometimes coaches make a living doing the bare minimum in terms of actual coaching and excel at sales and marketing. 
So they attract many clients to their program who don't know how to spot incompetence at a glance. They join their program, or this could be you know, a group fitness location. They do what the coach says. The coach tells them to, quote, squat to a level that's comfortable for you and then come back up, end quote. The client doesn't really know what, quote, comfort means in a squat. So instead of doing what's comfortable, they do what's easy, which is a partial squat. As they wobble down with the bar with more weight than they can actually lift, the coach screams up, 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 up at them, demonstrating to the trained eye that they have nothing better to say but the obvious. Then the lifter completes the partial reps of the set, racks the bar, and the coach pats them on the back as the lifter has just said their latest fake PR. But the client feels great, right? Because they trust that the coach wouldn't give them unearned congratulations. So they are excited and motivated to get this psychological head rubbing again and again and again, ignoring all of the things around them saying that they are wasting their time. Their coach knows best, they say. So they keep engaging in their partial squats, rounded deadlifts, butt lifted benches, and elbow flailing overhead presses until all of a sudden they get injured or stall out sooner than later and are forced to know better. By the way, if you want to clear up any danger in the squat, make sure you either have spotters when performing a PR set or you have spotter arms set up at the correct height so if you fail, you can simply dump the bar and get out from underneath safely. You can learn how to do this from a YouTube video in about five minutes. If you can't squat deep, you can't squat the weight that you're trying to lift. So adjust your technique or drop the weight a bit to prevent anything dangerous happening from stupidity. Deep squats are hard and take practice and perhaps competent coaching to achieve. The only time partial squats are acceptable is for the injured or elderly, and both should have the goal of increasing the range of motion if possible first before adding any weight to the bar. Besides that, for you, the listener who's probably not elderly or injured, sorry, but you have no excuses. As Ronnie Coleman said, shut up and squat. The squat will humble you until it builds you, but at least you won't be that sad lifter that everyone shakes their head at and sighs when they see you unrack four plates, bend your knees a bit, and rack it again. So do yourself a favor for you and your pride and squat deep. Alright, so that wraps up my general thoughts about the squat. The squat is perhaps the best exercise you can invest your time and hard work into because the return on investment is just so massive. For the barbell lifts in general, if you think that you can get your strongest without them, you're kidding yourself. The barbell is such a pivotal tool in strength development that without it, it's like trying to make a BLT without bacon. Sure, you'll have a sandwich, but it just won't be the same. I hope this episode was enlightening and helpful for you. If it was, make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends. Your support means the world to me. Now let's get into the outro. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Level Up with Leon podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, don't forget to follow the podcast and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Your feedback means the world to me, so please take a moment to rate the podcast with five stars if it brought you value and share it with a friend or family member you think might feel the same. 
Do you want to hear me talk about a specific topic or have a burning question about fitness or self-improvement? I'd love to hear from you. Send in your request to Instagram at levelupwithleon, all one word. It's about the same as this podcast. And who knows, your idea might just become the next exciting episode on my show. For more valuable fitness and self-improvement content, be sure to follow me on Instagram and threads at levelupwithleon or Twitter at leveluplee. That's spelled L-E-V-E-L-U-P-L-E-E. Let's build a strong and supportive community together. Join the Level Up Fitness Podcast Facebook group where like-minded individuals come together to uplift, motivate, achieve their fitness goals, and level up their lives. For my dedicated listeners, imagine achieving your fitness goals faster with minimal sacrifice and even getting advanced coaching for free by donating $100 or more to a friend or family member. Join my eight-week remote coaching for transformation and let's win together. Use my service, give feedback, leave a review if satisfied, that's all. Ready to start? Apply via the link in my bio and join the waitlist. Don't miss this win-win-win opportunity. Are you struggling with your form on a certain exercise and you feel like you just can't figure out how to fix it? Send in your video to my Dropbox link in the description and get advanced form checks by me personally for free. Just title the video with your first name and IG handle so I know it's you. If my coaching helped at all, all I ask is that you let others know by sharing it on your social media. Level up your list and set your next PR. Remember, I'm here to support you on your fitness journey, and together we'll level up our lives one step at a time. Thank you so much for being a part of this incredible community. Stay motivated, stay focused, and keep leveling up. It's back to the hustle for me. I'm out. But before I go, let me leave you with this quote. There is simply no other exercise, and certainly no machine, that provides the level of central nervous activity, improved balance and coordination, skeletal loading, and bone density enhancement muscular stimulation and growth, connective tissue stress and strength, psychological demand and toughness, and overall systemic conditioning in the correctly performed full squat. Mark Lippetoe. See you next time.